What's up, it's D, and today we're going to be going over the three phases of transformational eating as well as how to shortcut the entire process. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Hi, my name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms, and don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now, if you ask someone stuck in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day, all because we chose life over type 2, and these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives and the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever. And I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut. And you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. All right, let's get right into it. So look, before I say another word, know right now whether you're type 2 diabetic fighting for yourself, the people that you love, or even the people that love you, know right now that you're absolutely not alone and that my heart is absolutely with you. So you know what? Let's get right into the mix. So here's the deal. Let me preface this whole thing for you, okay? So I was at the gym and um, I'm at the gym and um, you know, I'm doing my little workouts, right? And so if you want to see what these workouts like or look like or whatever, you can go on to, you know, YouTube, um, you know, lifeovertype2.com, search it up, check out the channel, subscribe and show some love. Okay. At the same time, look, this isn't about me. This is like way bigger than me. I'm really just the guy on a mission to help save as many lives and help save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have, which is type two diabetes. And instead of trying to like, look like some, Hey, I'm Mr. Diet Guru, blah. Like I'm really just yanking the covers on all that stuff and really just sharing with you, like 
um, you know, how I'm able to do it by like actually just doing it right along with you. And then not only that, I'm showing people like the real side, you know what I mean? Like, like the highs and the lows and the challenges. And, um, you know, for example, I'm actually working on some videos right now where I actually like show you, you know, where I'm weak. Um, and like, you know, we just kind of like embrace that and actually like be real about it. And the fact that we can just be real about it kind of like let's us all take that pressure off our shoulders and like, oh, we gotta be perfect, right? Because there's always some guy that has to be like, or some person online that's like, hey, I'm perfect with my diet or whatever. And if it's funny about that is, is like, if you've ever listened to any of the people that I've ever interviewed that have actually crossed over and had these huge lifelong like transformations or huge life changing transformations or whatever, uh, we've all kind of come to the fact that like, you know what, like that person that's beating their chest, they're usually nowhere near where they need to be. In fact, usually they're usually the most delinquent. Um, and don't get me wrong. Um, I was that guy, you know, and even when I was like crushing, I would still be beating my chest um, just to kind of like realize when you cross the finish line and you're like, yeah. And then you finally like look back and you're like beating your chest and you're like, I don't really need to beat my chest anymore. In fact, that's usually like the first uh, you know, getting over that first hump, if you will, of actually like growing and, and maturing and being ourselves, right? So that being said, I'm working out at the gym and um, I'm, so I'm working out or whatever and I'm just doing my routines um, and I'm doing these rounds, you know, these little, you know, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off and I'm just doing from five minute rounds and I do this a couple of times and these guys are like, wow, man, you know, like awesome workout, high five, you know, and I'm just like, all right, dude, what's up? And, you know, I'm, um, it's funny because the, uh, I was, I pulled my camera aside and I started talking. I was like, what's up, dude? Are you a YouTuber? I'm like, not really a YouTuber, you know, and I just told him the whole type two diabetes thing. And then all of a sudden the guy's like, dude, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, me too. And it's like, whoa, wait, what? And he goes, wait a minute, like you're working out like that? You're a diabetic? I'm like, yeah, dude, for sure. And he's like, well, it wasn't always like that, right? I'm like, oh, honestly, like it, I started with like not even doing any exercise at all. And he's like, what? And I'm, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, well, you know, and so basically there's two guys, ironically, David and David, and I'm Davis. So we're like Dave, Dave and Dave, right? Three musketeers. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, well, one guy is in phenomenal shape, okay? Shred City, he's like super, super shredded, okay? Like shredded. And um, he's like, oh yeah, you know, like type one, type two, and then, you know, like type three, because obviously they're now starting to call, um, you know, Alzheimer's type three, right? And his buddy, his other buddy, Dave, was like, nah, brother, you know, that's what I was trying to explain. And then next thing you know, and so all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, dude. So like, um, he's, are, are you like, you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, and I, I basically just told him I'm, I record it and I just kind of like show people how I'm able to do it, like without doing dieting and stuff like that. And he's just like, wait, what? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, here, where do you, he's like, where do you start? Like, how did you start? And I'm like, okay. And that's what we're going to cover. I'm literally going to share with you the three steps or the three phases, if you will, um, and we're, we're going to dive into those at the same time. Um, we're going to, I'm really going to expose both sides of the coin. Okay. Because we all, all of our relationship with food, all of our ties with food and how, um, our speed of growth. And sometimes like some of the layers of the onion might be deeper for some other, you know, than there are for others. And so what I really want to do is kind of like show and yank the covers back and show the nuance and the simplicity both sides of that coin on each of these phases. That way, you know, Hey, you can take your time where you like, Obviously, depending on, you know, your personality or where you are in your journey, you might be able to shortcut a lot of it and just really kind of like eliminate it once you understand how it works and so on and so forth. Again, I'm not giving you dietary advice. Um, do, you know, everything 
that you do diet-wise should always come from your doctor's care. Look, I do not practice medicine. I don't even practice guitar, and I definitely don't speak Spanish or practice Spanish, okay? However, I can eat Spanish food. Okay, so here we go. So he's like, dude, so how do you do it, man? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, I used to think that I had to do some diet thing. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, here's what I mean by that, yeah? And the guy's, you know, um, regular dude. And I'm like, I used to think that my food, my my um, my relationship with food, with food was my detriment. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And so I'm like, here, bro, let me explain. And he goes, all right. I'm like, let's say we go to Fat Burger, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, you know, obviously we probably have like a protein burger, right? I mean, he's like, well, yeah, you know, like kind of, that's kind of a given. I'm like, all right, man, we'll check this out. Well, honestly, like there's times even till to, to this day where I still want to eat like I'm at the county fair. You know what I mean? I still want to get down. Like, yeah, if you see like what I'm eating now and I eat a lot of really, really clean food, a lot of whole food, a lot of transformational food, easy A1C food. But at the same time, like, Let's be real here. The fact that I'm a type 2 diabetic came from, a lot of it came from my relationship with food and my love for food. I just didn't let it go. And he was like, what? I'm like, all right, dude, here, let me just put it like this. Let's say we go to, we go to, uh, you know, we go to Fat Burger, okay? Cool. Protein burger, right? He's like, yeah, well, yeah. And I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on. Start with foods that you already love that don't spike your blood sugar and ham out. Like, don't be afraid to ham out. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, here we go. Give me another, give me an extra slice of, you know, uh, you know, patty. Give me another slice of cheese. Give me guacamole. Throw a fried egg on there. Give me full fat ranch dressing. Give me some blue cheese crumbles. Throw, you know, some bacon on that thing. Throw, if it's fat burger, throw a fried egg on there. Throw a deli meat on there. Give me the spicy mustard. And he's like, I could eat like that, dude. He's like, dude, are you, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, if you, if you put that on my plate, it's not going to look like I'm doing a weird diet, right? I'm like, dude, I'm going to stuff my face. And you can't tell that I'm eating to like, control my blood sugar, right? And he's like, yeah. But he goes, he goes, all right. And the light bulb went off, right? He's like, dude, I could do that. Like, I could eat that. And I'm like, yeah, man. I did that with Mexican food. I did that with Chinese food. And he's like, and if you want more on how to do that, obviously you can watch the other, listen to the other podcast videos as well as like watch the video. Um, I have a YouTube video on that. And really even how I use Chinese food to shortcut a lot of fat loss and weight loss. And so anyways, he's like, dude, I could do that. And you could see the light bulb go off. And then just in that same split second, it shut off. And he was like, yeah, I know. I got to get away from like the carbs and stuff like that. And when that, when the first light bulb went off, you could see like he like lit up like, dude, I could... I could eat that, right? And then immediately it was like, right? It was like, man, like, but I got to do another diet thing. Dang, I don't want to do another diet thing. And the reason why I'm going to show you these three phases is because that's how I'm able to free myself from dieting once and for all. Okay, so here we go. While easily controlling my blood sugar and being myself and enjoying my love for food. Okay, because I've never lost it. Okay, so here we go. So then I turn around and I'm like, look, here's the deal. If you're anything like me, you're going to put all this weird pressure on ourselves. Diet pressure. And if I'm being honest with myself, like doing that to myself over and over and over and over and over again, not only led me to fail, not only led me to feel the way that I did in the first place, it was also a huge part of the reason why I had like a low self-esteem and even like high insecurity in and around food, especially when it came 
to my relationship with food. And I could see that same switch flip off in his head. So I told him, I'm like, here's the deal, bro. Okay, here's the deal. Do you have to do some weird hokey dieting thing? No. In fact, if you like that, embrace that. And here's what I mean. Um, Because he's like, man, I like shakes and I like fries. I'm like, dude, who doesn't like shakes and fries? All right? I'm just saying, right? Let's call it for what it is. So I'm like, all right, bro, here's the deal. When you have that burger, ham out, dude. Ham out. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, here's the deal. Ham out. He's like, all right, why? And I go, by the time you're like done with that, you're like 90, 95, 99.9999999% full, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. Now I have a french fry, right? If we did it backwards, and if I gave this dude an entire basket of french fries, an entire basket of french fries, and we ate that first, of course, our blood sugar is going to be crazy, right? However, if we ate all these foods, stuffed our face with foods that don't spike the blood sugar, spike it very little, or even help us drive it down, by the time we have a French fry or two, or maybe a couple, or a small handful, or whatever, it's nowhere near like eating the entire basket right now obviously when it comes to the soda and the and the shakes and stuff like that hey we're all adults dude you know what i mean let's call it for what it is dude yes who doesn't like a dang good shake right yeah me too dude right at the same time hey man i'm an adult look can i have iced tea in its place is it really gonna kill me probably not especially if i'm full if i'm already full if that part of my brain is like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Okay. Let me eat until I'm like about to puke. And then if you even offered me anything, I'd be like, you know, like not really anyway. Okay. As goofy and as irrational as that sounds. As simplistic and as honest and as transparent as that is. If I took anybody and was like, all right, D, we're going to go to Fat Burger or the Mexican food place, or the Chinese food place, and using the same thing that I've been using to transform for whatever, and you're going to eat until you're literally on the verge of throwing up, and I hand you, you know, a bowl of ice cream, one of two things is going to happen. One, since I'm pretty much blue in the face, I'm about to throw up, I'm not probably not going to want to eat it. Or even if I did throw something down my throat, it's probably nothing like if I was starving and you just gave me the straight container, right? That's playing defense, okay? So, step phase number one is to start with foods that you already love that work really well with your blood sugar. A lot of times these are going to be protein-based, and here's why. After spending time when I first went vegan, then slow carb, um, then paleo, then keto, then zero carb. And at the end of the day, I got to a point where I just wanted to be myself. I didn't want to be this diet person anymore. I just wanted to be myself. You know how like sometimes you go to work and during during the work week, you have like Mexican food for lunch. And then, you know, you go to the, you go to the burger place for lunch and then you go to this place for lunch and then you go to that place for lunch. You know what I mean? I wanted that same freedom. I believe you deserve the same freedom. 
And the way that I got it is by doing exactly what I'm going to share with you and also implying the three-step A1C shortcut along with the three pillars or the four-pillar approach that uh, apply to all foods that work well for type 2 diabetics. Okay? Okay, here we go. So here's why we start with that phase one, okay? Starting with foods that we already love. If we have a huge love for food, okay? That's how we're able to get down and like finally make peace with that one irrational part of the brain. That same part of the brain is like, this is never gonna work. This is never gonna blah, that self-sabotaging part. And we can start to peel back the onions on, that la on the layers of that onion and say, dude, why are we telling ourselves this? If we have a metabolic condition that could wreck us, right? Like financially, emotionally, physically, I mean, dude, physically, right? Obviously the people around us, right? Why would we ever tell ourselves that? And then it's like, Hey, it's not a bad thing. There's no, we don't need to beat up on ourselves. We just need to shed a little bit of light, a little bit of self-love and a little bit of empathy. It's like, Oh wow. Maybe I did this because D I was always the fat kid. I was always the fat kid. I was always the pun of the fat jokes. And that was a huge part of my identity for the longest time. It still kind of is. I still joke around like that. And then people are looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, still see, <laughs> I'm still a fat guy, you know, whatever, right? I still kind of see myself that way. And that's all right. Okay. When we go there and I'll tell you right now, because if you've never had any wins, this is going to be a cheese ball win, depending on where you are with your journey with type two diabetes. Okay, I'm going to share with you right now how I got my easiest A1C drug-free win. Super, super simple. Okay, it was starting by foods that I already loved that didn't spike my blood sugar. And by applying that one question to what I ate the most of every single day. So at the time, that was drive through burgers. It was Mexican food and Chinese food. I knew deep inside that if you were like, if I had to do what I did from the 80s, which was D, you got to do this new diet thing, clear out the fridge, go out and get a new grocery list and you know what I mean? And I've done that so many times, just like Dave at the gym. The minute I was like, I know what to do. And then all the past memories, all that crap just buried on his shoulders the same way it did for me. Here's how to cut right through that like a razor blade. And if you've never, if you've never had your first good A1C drug free, let me show you with you how I shortcut that entire process. I started with foods that I already love and started with foods that I was eating all the time. Drive through burgers. So obviously I gave you the burger example. Okay. I was eating a hole in the wall Mexican place. Cool. Give me the tacos. Give me the street tacos. Give me the burritos straight up right? Pick your, your favorite protein. Obviously we can't have the rice, the beans and the freaking tortillas as phenomenal as those taste. We all know it's going to wreck us, right? So frisbee that stuff at the same time, let's focus, right? Same way that if we got rid of the, uh, you know, at the, the burger place, we get rid of what two things, right? We get rid of the ketchup and we get rid of the bun and we get like 10 things in its place, right? Like another slice of cheese, another patty, full fat ranch dressing, um, you know, uh, blue cheese crumbles, egg, guacamole, um, whatever. Like, obviously, I, in my other videos, I literally list out the entire thing. And the cool thing is that's as easy as looking at the menu and reading off all the things that'll work, right? 
Same thing with the Mexican place. Frisbee, the things that I can't eat, cool. Give me some extra guacamole. Give me some extra cheese. Um, you know, give me some extra crema. It looks really keto. Um, however, it doesn't have to be. Okay. The only reason why I say that is because um, inside of the protein, uh, carbohydrate, and uh, fat, you know, those little macro things, little building blocks, if you will, those three building blocks of food, I typically like to stand in the middle with way more protein. Um, and here's why. Okay. Number one, um, it's a lot more satiating, meaning that I'll feel full. It's going to give me that that warm gut belly feeling for a lot longer. Okay. Meaning that, hey, look, you know, if, if we look at the way that these different fuels break down and how they affect the blood sugar, sure, we all know like fats, most fats will have an extremely flatlining effect. Right? Meaning that, you know, go ahead and test your blood sugar right now, throw a teaspoon of butter in your mouth, and then test yourself. Okay? You know, 90, you know, 60 minutes after, two hours after, and that thing's going to be flat. Okay? Now, in the same time, what I found is that, and what I've experienced, and you've probably done the same thing too, if you've ever done like keto, and then you cheat, and then you look at your blood panel, it looks all jacked up, like, you know, somebody threw some firecrackers at it, right? Yeah, dude, me too, dude, right? What happens there is whenever we eat super high fat, and then we slip, and we go carby, or whatever, especially on a bad carb or whatever. And then dude, yeah, if you go on one extreme, you lean hard to one extreme and you bounce the other way, it usually shows up on the blood panel. Ironically, I did the same thing or I experienced the same thing when I went vegan. I didn't even cheat going vegan. However, when I went super high carb and because I was hungry all the bloody time, it caused me to eat you know, like nuts and stuff like that, just so I can satiate my, my, my hunger pains. And because I went from high carb to high fat with high carb in there, it blew up my blood sugar, had nothing to do with vegan and animal products whatsoever. Cause it was all vegan. Okay. Um, and so what I found is that by standing in the middle, by eating way more proteins, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be that way. I'm gonna show you the different phases. Um, you don't have to go to any extreme. You know what I mean? You can really kind of like be well-rounded. And even if you slip a little bit one way or the other, it's usually not going to be nowhere near as detrimental as like going from one crazy hard extreme to another. Like no one ever said you had to go extreme in the first place, right? Um, anyway, right? Let's just call it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if anybody says you have to um, or whatever, um, look. Um, I'm able to keep my A1C low fives. I can get it easily into the fours if I want to get all measury or diety or whatever. Um, however, if you look at like what people on some diet are doing and they're jumping through all these different hoops versus like what I'm doing. Um, yeah, dude, you know what I mean? Like easy A's dude all day long. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the difference between like an A and an A plus, you know what I'm saying? Like if I can get an A and it's super easy. And then the difference between like an A to an A plus is like 5, 10, 15, 20 times more work and effort. Just give me the easy A, dude, and I'm out of there. You know what I mean? Like simple, okay? And this is what it's all about, okay? So that's that's number one. And the reason why I say that is because even though my blood panel wasn't perfect, I got my A1C into the fives the first time eating nothing but takeout food, okay? I wasn't doing some weird hokey dieting thing. I just literally applied that one question to what I was eating every day.
And as hokey and as goofy as it sounds, depending on where you are in your journey, I'll be honest in the fact that for me, that was a huge confidence booster, a huge confidence booster for, because being the token fat kid since I was a kid and finally being, have, getting a you know, metabolic disease that kills people and being able to crush it with food, 100% drug free for the first time, it felt good, dude. It felt really good. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's how I did it. Okay. Now. What we all know and the way that Dave, the reason why Dave felt that way about the way that he did is because it's like, dude, at the end of the day, and I even told him the same thing. I'm like, bro, don't worry about it because look, let's be real here. How many people are really going to eat the same way, the same thing, every single meal, every single day for the rest of their life? Usually not many. And the minute that somebody tries to say that they will, as much as we support love and, and understand what they're doing. The common sense is, is that, dude, if you want to take a winning bet like Vegas odds, bet, odds makers, right, we can set a timer and start saying, hey, look, for every minute that you last, we're going to keep doubling the dollar amount. And whenever we do that and we stretch out whoever said they're going to make, they've changed their lives forever on the XYZ diet and who's really going to stick to the XYZ diet 100%, the second that we stretch those numbers out. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, those numbers drop like a rock, right? And it's not that we're like, oh, let me hold it over your head and let it right. No, it's the fact that, hey, look, man, if we have a metabolic condition that could wreck us, we need to be honest for what things are so we can actually call them out for what they are and address them. And that way, once we, we're not BSing ourselves, then we have a real shot at honest, you know, honest freedom, right? So that then led us into phase two. Okay, phase two. Phase two is essentially saying, hey, look, okay, now that I have this easy baseline of foods. So if you were to go up to me now and people are like, D, like they see the way that I eat now or whatever, and they're like, hey, we have to take everything from you. You got to start from scratch. All right, the reason why I love phase one so much is like, all right, cool, give me Chinese food. Let's go eat some takeout burgers, dude. Want to have some Mexican food? You know what I mean? Like, that ain't hard at all, you know? And um, super, super simple. Now I got this safety net, and I've got this foundation of foods that serve me, right? Night and day difference. As simplistic as it is, night and day difference from doing the XYZ diet, whatever that diet is. Okay? Now. And the funny thing about that is that actually in the 21 day, uh, you know, blood sugar challenge, I go into this a lot more because there's a literally a highlighter trick that even like a seven year old could do that. Once you do the highlighter trick and you start to look at all these different foods, someone's like, I'm on paleo. You're like, oh yeah, really? Me too. I'm doing keto. Yeah, me too. I'm doing vegan. Yeah, me too. I'm doing, you know, Mediterranean. I have all those foods on my list too, dude. I can easily reverse engineer all their success without any of the handcuffs and with like a fraction of the work. And if you want to see how to do that, I literally share with you how to do that for free. Lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Okay, so let's get back to step two. Once we now have that foundation of foods, okay, that foundation of foods, we can now start to play with it. Right. We can start to add a little bit more and really start to like have fun and like 
it's almost like becoming a kid again in kindergarten, putting that t-shirt on backwards. Remember that when they would have us doing finger painting, they'd have, they give like these, they'd have like these old jacked up shirts or whatever. And you'd put like a button up shirt on backwards. So it protect your clothes and you like finger paint or whatever. Right. And here's what I mean by that inside of that process. And I'll give you a, uh, an example from my, uh, my sister-in-law. Okay. High five. Love her. Um, shout out to Mindy. And so I'm so stoked for her. Because what's funny is, is that, you know, she, her friends had gotten, so we're starting to do keto. And then I was kind of like giving her like a more simplified version. I'm like, dude, don't worry about like macros and, and don't, you know, obsess about eating 70% fat and stuff like that. I'm like, what you're going to find is, is that, you know, you take a more of a whole foods approach. Um, you just get away from processed things and you understand that, you know, there are good fats as well as bad fats, good carbs as well as bad carbs. And once you understand that little thing, you'll probably get a lot of the same results and even some of the bigger wins without all the handcuffs. And she did. And here's what I mean. So as we eat and we have that phase one in place, okay, phase two, the nuance there and the fun and creative part and the innocence part is like, hey, let's start playing with more and more recipes, right? Because the more that we now get to um, play with those things. Once we have like this baseline of foods that that can always serve us, regardless of where we are in this journey, right? We can now start to literally eat more and more of them. And as that happens, what's essentially going to happen at the same time is that our palate, our taste buds are going to clean up. Okay. They're going to sharpen. They're going to sharpen up a lot. And it's really cool because, um, to put things in perspective, my daughter, when I started doing this for myself, I started doing this in and around the house. And I have this YouTube video that I'm putting, I just put out on like, you know, how to, um, how I save like 90 bucks in like five minutes, you know, doing shopping and stuff like that, like easy A1C, like a grocery haul or whatever. And what's funny about that is that like, I started doing this in and around the house and it kind of actually transformed the way that everyone ate around me everybody, uh, my son, my wife, my daughter, to the point where, and here's what I mean, like my, our, my taste buds started to sharpen up, not only mine, but even like my family, to the point where normally I like making a, an Alfredo sauce, right? And normally instead of using pasta, we'll put them over like steamed broccoli. And then that way, you know, just like having, um, you know, uh, chicken Alfredo, you know, they normally put the broccoli on top of pasta. We basically have it all just minus the pasta and uh, we love it. We have it all the time and uh, we even have it with steak and stuff like that. Well, anyway, um, we will have that. And one day I made it the same way and I switched out one thing, which was the cheese. And normally we use an, an aged Asiago cheese, which I think is normally like 18 months. And I couldn't find that brand anymore. They used to sell it at Costco and they stopped selling it at the ones that we go to. And I couldn't find another aged Asiago that way. So I went and I bought another brand that was only aged for like nine months. Everything else was the same. Fresh garlic, you know, um, grass fed butter, um, you know, um, heavy cream, organic heavy cream. Everything was 100% the same, except, except for the aging of the cheese. 
I put the sauce together. I put I put the plates together. Babes, you're up. Noah, you're up. No, Michelle, you're up. I serve everybody. And uh, the first thing my daughter says, did you change something? Is this different? I'm like, dude, she didn't even know. I mean, she didn't know that I swapped it out. Nine months difference in the aging of the cheese inside the sauce. And she could tell the difference. And I was like, dude, like really? Right. And um, same, you know, literally I went through the same thing. My, so did my sister-in-law. She, we all have like that guilty relationship with food. Right. And she went out, she went to eat kind of sideways, kind of goofy. And she's like, dude, I felt so sick. I'm like, good for you, dude. That's the win. She goes, yeah. She goes, my body didn't like it anymore. I'm like, good for you. Because we were, she was so used to, and so was I, we were all so used to feeding ourselves like that poison. And we had this emotional connection with it. And when she turned around, she was free from it. So much so that her body didn't even want it anymore. And she was like, dude, like what she always wanted, she kind of like finally got. And I was like, you know what, man? Good for you. The cool thing is, is because it's in our heads. Here's the weird part about this whole thing. So much of type 2 diabetes is in our heads, right? It's so goofy. But I'm just being super honest. Um, that's, that's why I tell everybody, like, look, I'm not perfect. But I do understand that an A1C is an average. And if I can just master and like, just understand the basics of an average, which I think we all learn in like fifth grade, right? Like highs, lows, all the numbers in between, you add them all together. And then, you know, you divide by the number of units and that's how you get an average, right? Like my daughter went through that in fifth grade, that that level of honesty allows us to now just stop BSing ourselves and saying, Hey dude, look, okay, cool. Can I be honest and all this, you know, can I be real and real human being? Sure. So if I do slip, Hey man, I do. I slip. Okay. If, and when I do slip, if I know what the numbers are, can I go for a walk? Right. Or can I have some sentiment or something like that? Yeah, for sure. At the same time, it allowed me now that even though my body didn't like it, I'm going to be real in the fact that, yeah, there's times where I still ate it, you know, and being that honest and, um, I should say like, gosh, I'm not, not gullible. What's the word I'm looking for? It's like, um, that kind of like innocent, right? That kind of like transparent, that vulnerable. There you go. If I could be that vulnerable with myself, kind of like looking in the mirror, Dude, that part in this whole transformational thing allowed me to like make peace with that part of myself. That's the nuance part, right? So if that part of your brain ever tells you this isn't going to work, understand that that part of the brain exists in all of us. That part that's going to like cause self-sabotage, dude, that, that, that's what makes us human, right? Um, and not only that, like it's type two diabetics, that's what's going to turn us into champions, because if we can understand that part, that's like the little fork in the road. If we know that that part of the brain is just like this little, you know, like little short circuit, short circuited, you know, it's just going to go off and do its own thing. It's going to tell us crap when we know we don't need that. To, we don't need to have that fed into our brain. However, 
even when our body knows the difference, the other side of our brain knows the difference. If we can just get that honest with it and be like, all right, cool. Now let me just stop and let me embrace that. Instead of beating you up, right? Because I know for me, I would demoralize myself, beat myself up. And if all, if I could be honest with you, all that did is just spiral me down at the same position or really kind of like what led me to feeling and doing the way that I was in the first place. So now the nuance there being that, dude, if I can like embrace that inside of that little part of the, inside of, inside that little part of the, uh, that part of my, inside of, that part of my mind, that part of my heart, that part of my insecurity, that part of my low self-esteem, that part of my self that told myself that it's never going to happen, never going to work. Then I was like, all right, I love you too. I got you. Don't worry. What's the worst that can happen? We eat a hamburger? All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, let's get on. You know what I mean? And so it allowed me to baby step my way forward. The beautiful thing about this and all of these phases and the reason why I share, I yank the covers off and share with you the nuance is because I hope that you understand once you see the simplicity of it with respect to where you are, some of this stuff you might be able to shortcut extremely fast and some of it, you know, depending on what your relationship is with food, depending on, you know, how you like to progress, right? We all like to progress in different ways, different layers, different depths, different speeds, different whatever. It isn't about a, you know, one way works for everybody. It's about understanding that what makes you special, what makes you unique is you or all the little nuances within you. And the problem is, is that no one's ever told you or ever gave you the freedom to be yourself, which is why I'm leading the charge. I'm not really leading the charge. I'm really just a guy living it the same way you are. Okay. And I sincerely mean that. Um, that's number two. So inside of that is by playing with more foods, we can now grow that same foundation. And we do that with using two super easy tools. Okay. And I go way into them. 21 day blood sugar challenge is number one, four pillars. Okay. If we look at any diet, any diet known to mankind claiming to help people control their blood sugar. Okay. Undeniably, other than a fruitarian diet, one diet in the world, which I'll tell you right now, the way they get over it. If we all know that, and here's the way that I, I, it finally clicked for me. My father-in-law is a, is a, a, a stage four cancer survivor, type two diabetic. Talk about 10 pounds of crap in a two pound bag and he survived. Okay. He survived. And what's crazy is, is, um, as crazy as might sound, cancer actually saved his life. And here's what I mean by that. My heart goes to everybody who has family and who's ever dealt with cancer. So here's what I mean by that. Okay. Um, because cancer is ugly. It's an effed up thing. I do not wish cancer on anybody. Okay. Cause type two diabetes, we could do something about it. Cancer man, it's, it's a whole nother ball of wax. And sure. We can go on the online and be like, Oh, there's case study of this. Shove those case studies up your, up your cheeks. If you ever like actually stop and like ever had a, a family member die and struggle with cancer. Okay. Um, because one thing that we all know with cancer is that people that actually do God willing survive, they don't necessarily come out the end the same way they came in. Okay. And for my father-in-law, what changed for him is that he lost his appetite. He lost his appetite. 
And for him, he was like, he's like the Brooklyn badass. Like he's just one of those dudes where you're like, pops, you know what I mean? It's funny because he was an aerospace executive. Okay. He came from Brooklyn, didn't, didn't take crap from nobody, hustled, dude, came, like worked his way up in McDonald's, somehow got an in in aerospace and became an executive from McDonald's, son. Anyway, hustled, dude. And he's that guy where if you told him, pops, you need to eat broccoli, he'll become, he's like worse than a two-year-old. He'll, he'll, he's like scared. It's weird. It's super weird. Okay. Meaning, also meaning that you don't, it doesn't matter what the heck you tell him to eat. He's just going to eat whatever the heck he wants to eat. And he has a crazy addiction to sugar. Okay. And basically long story short, because appetite or uh, cancer killed his appetite, he still eats like ice cream and candy all day long. And he has an, he has a normal A1C. The reason why is because he doesn't eat anything. As much as I love him, that's just the truth. There's times where my mother-in-law has to like literally remind him to actually eat like regular food, like actually have like a meal. Other than that, he'll have a couple of boxes of candy and, uh, you know, some ice cream. And that's pretty much it, like all day. And you're like, dang, dude, like there's like no sustenance. Right. And so if you ever see people pushing the fruitarian diet, guess what you're also going to see? You're going to see calorie restriction. Why? Because if we know that it's going to spike the blood sugar and an average, like what we learned in fifth grade is highs, lows, all the numbers in between. If it, if they shoot it real high and then drive it really low and then keep it low, well, guess what happens to the average? You're going to have a low average. Okay. Super simple. Okay. But if you don't want to put yourself through that four pillars and here they are. Okay, here we go. Pillar number one, if we want to control our blood sugar, obviously eat foods that are low glycemic. Okay. Low glycemic, pillar number one. Pillar number two, low carbohydrate. Pillar number three, um, you know, um, whole foods. Okay, we don't want to eat chemicals and preservatives and stuff like that. And pillar number four is, um, you know, multi um, nutrient dense, multifunctional. If you want to like get all up into the nerd stuff in there, I do that 21 days. Don't want to do that now. So if we do that, eat from the four pillars. Okay, and then um, number two is like how how do we know this works? How can we cut the crap? Once and for all, if you're anything like me, I'm super skeptical. I became very skeptical, even though I had all these different wins on these different diets, I became very skeptical, even from the onset as much, even more so in the end, because I really just wanted to know what was real. I didn't want to regurgitate what the latest, you know, X, Y, Z guru said, I didn't want to do any of that stuff anymore because sure. It helped me in my, in my, on my journey but it never really helped me become myself. It empowered me in certain different ways. However, it's almost like, you know, being a kid and being like walking into like a Mexican food restaurant and they're like, all right, you like our food? And you're like, yes. And you're like, they're like, all right. Imagine the manager walking up and be like, all right, you're now going to eat this every single meal, every single day for the rest of your life. And you're like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Cause essentially that's what was happening. Right. And the hard part about that is whenever we get burned out with like food or whatever, right. If you're anything like me, Normally it causes one of two things. That's what usually causes us to like, you know, burn out, fall off the boat. And it's like a million times to get, you know, back on, which I did not want to play that game with myself anymore. Um, maybe it was fine when I was morbidly obese and sure it beat up on my low self-esteem and my insecurities. However, when we have a metabolic disease that can kill us, definitely don't want to play that game, especially knowing how hard it is to get back on. Right? Like, why would I set up my setup for failure? Because I did that so many different times. I just didn't know any other way, which is why I'm sharing with you what I'm sharing with you now. 
Um, and the other half of that was understanding that un- all these different diets had really good tools instead of handcuffing myself to something, right? Understanding what those tools were and then using them however I liked, literally laying them out kind of like a buffet. You know how like your family, you go to take your family to a buffet and everybody leaves happy. However, every single plate and every single round in between, everybody had like a different little thing, right? That's exactly whether any nutritionist, diet guru on their mighty throne will ever like try to like not to ever tell you. Okay. Is that dude, what works for everybody's a little bit different. And if we just had the pieces laid out in front of us, took what works for us, bingo, like instant freedom over almost overnight. Okay. It really is like that straightforward. Okay. So inside of this phase two is if we really want to know what works and cut the crap once and for all, um, here it is. And it depends on how you like to look at it. Some people don't like to look at it and they just like, you know, because of the way they feel about their numbers and stuff like that, which I'm going to address here in a second. Let's just show Let me show you how to do it. It's called the three step A1C shortcut. Okay. Here's what I ate. Here's what happened. Here's what I do next. Here's what I ate. Here's what happened. Here's what I'm going to do next. Okay. When we tip ourselves and we look at those three numbers, that three, that little three point turn, I'll put that against any diet because somebody that actually knows their numbers versus somebody that's like, you know, eating something and just crossing their fingers, hoping that it's going to stick for 90 days or whatever. And even if they do crush it after 90 days, a year, two and a half, three years, again, if we stretch that out for five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of them trying to eat the same way, the same thing, every single meal, every single day for the rest of their life, it's usually a setup for failure for the vast majority of people. Okay. So if, and when we play with the four pillars, if, and when we start to look at those, those three numbers. And here's why I say, even when I had extremely high blood sugar, extremely high, if all I really did was take a second to actually like look at what those numbers are in and around my meals, even when my blood sugar was high, if I was able to identify foods that had, even if I just, even if I like failed like 70% of the time. And only 30% of the time I found foods that like barely spiked it, spiked it very little, or even drove it down. Stick them in the back pocket, dude. Now you have a little collection of winners. And then over time, if we understand what an average is, highs, lows, all the other numbers in between, just use the winners over and over and over and then expand on the winners. Okay. Doesn't have to be some, you know, miracle lottery ticket overnight. No, dude. No. If somebody's trying to sell you that crap, dude, that's probably a huge reason why, like, we got suckered into whatever in the first place, right? Which is why, you know, I'm sure a lot of diet people are going to hate me. But look, I'm not fighting for a diet. I'm fighting for human lives, dude. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, off the soapbox. So, step number two there, obviously, is to start to play with those foods. Expand that foundation because i'll tell you right now there was a time in my life where i was paranoid of carbohydrates paranoid of carbohydrates i was like you know carbs are garbage or garbage is garbage or whatever which was yeah it was cute for a little bit however it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that a bowl of sugar and a bowl of brussels sprouts are two totally different things in fact it didn't really dawn on me until i made some keto style brussels sprouts and i only had like eight grams left um, I did the kind where it's like, you know, garlic, butter, um, Parmesan cheese and, um, and bacon. 
and I made them on a baking rack. I pulled the thing out of the oven and I only had like eight grams left. Well, guess what, dude? I stuffed my face. Okay. Stuffed my face. And I actually bought at the time, it was a ketone monitor. However, being a goofball I am, I bought the wrong strips. I bought the blood strips. And because I was too lazy to return them, I just, you know, figured out, I'll just use these things up anyway. And then I'll just buy the ketone ones when I'm done. Um, just to realize that even after doing all that, my blood sugar was still normal. I overate on my carbs, blood sugar was still normal. And so why I say that is because when we eat slower digesting, you know, um, more nutrient dense, um, you know, um, low, low glycemic, low carbohydrate carbs, right? Um, you know, for example, chia seeds, I, I actually have, if you actually join, um, if you go on to lifeovertype2.com, um, I think if you actually ask, you opt in for the guilt-free A1C, um, um, A1C thing, um, I actually share with you, I think on day two, I share with you a meal where I'm eating like 80 grams of carbohydrates and my, my blood sugars are normal. They're like in the eighties. Okay. Um, I just yanked the covers off, share all that crap with you. Okay. Like it's probably gonna piss people off, but what are you gonna do? Like put me on some XYZ diet just to like, you know, close my eyes and be blind to my numbers. And then 90 days later be like, Oh, look at her. Look at your average. Well, dude, if I know what my numbers are now, I don't even have to play that game anymore. Right which is really the freedom that I really want to impart in you. Okay. That's phase two. Phase two is getting out there and building and expanding out that foundation. Okay. Building out and expanding that foundation. Okay. And the cool thing about that is, is when you understand like the highlighter trick and when you understand the four pillars, when you understand the three-step A1C shortcut and you, you can literally apply that to any diet and not even more importantly, any diet, just foods that you eat every single day, regular food. If you've uh, ever checked out my YouTube channel, I literally go out, we celebrate my, uh, my father-in-law had a birthday. We go to Chili's normal blood sugar. We go to, uh, we, I take my kids out for pho, right? A lot of times they'll put sugar inside of the broth or whatever. All I really did was just find a couple, test a couple different places. You'll find some places, obviously the little recipes different from others. They're not putting as much of one thing in another. Bingo, normal blood sugar. Okay. It's not rocket science. I'm stuffing my face. Okay. Um, and expanding that thing out to where if people are like, Hey, you know, like I want to go to a paleo restaurant. I'm, I'm here in Orange County. Um, you know, right here in LA. Um, you know, there's all these little nuance, uh, you know, uh, restaurants, right? Hey, I want to go to a vegan restaurant. No problem. Um, Hey, I want to go to a paleo restaurant. No problem. You know what I mean? Um, people want to eat, you know, keto Mexican. They want to eat Japanese. They want to eat Chinese. They want to eat, you know, uh, Mediterranean. They want to eat middle Eastern, whatever it is, burger shop, steak shop, restaurant on the water. No biggie. Okay. No biggie. Okay. And it all boils down to everything we started from the beginning, eat foods that we already love that, you know, don't spike our blood sugar. If you want more, if you want to actually see me live this out, um, check out the YouTube channel. Okay. Like, and subscribe. And number three, number three is really where, unfortunately, as much as I love a lot of these different diets, it's really where they fail us. Unfortunately, unfortunately, 
Um, and I'm just being honest because I, I celebrate all the wins that all these different diets have given. At the same time, because I'm fighting for life a million times more than I'll ever fight for a diet, I've come to realize that different things work for different people. And if you're anything like me, if you're a human being that, I don't know, you happen to be getting older, you know what I mean? It's this thing called aging, right? And if and when our bodies age over time and the requirements of our bodies change over time, bingo, right? Like, does the diet, does the rules of the diet or will the rules of the diet change over time to give us the benefits that we need to meet or even exceed our requirements for good health? And if the answer is yes, well, simple question is, is why can't we just break those rules now and get those benefits now? Like, why would we ever shortchange ourselves Right? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, why would we put our handcuffs on ourselves, put ourselves under a glass ceiling? Uh, you know what I mean? Um, because anybody who's ever had a lifelong transformation uh, or long, long-term meaningful transformation, especially when it comes to everything from weight loss um, and type 2 diabetes, will tell you that it's a bit of a journey. What they started with and what they end with usually look kind of different. And, you know, the cool thing is, is a lot of those wins, they never lost a lot of those wins. Um, If anything, they have them all in their back pocket or a lot of them in their back pocket, right? Which is why I say like, hey, if you had to take, um, you know, if you listen to pretty much anybody that, um, that, uh, that I've interviewed and you're like, hey, if you had to start back at square one again, if you ever like listen to them and stuff like that, like, or even listen to their, their, their eating patterns, you can easily tell that they can, if, even if you shot them all the way to square one again, how they can easily get right back. Right. Which is why I say, Hey, dude, cool. Uh, give me some drive through burgers, uh, taco and Mexican or, you know, and Chinese food. It's not hard work whatsoever. Right. Um, and do I eat like that now? Not as much, but do I still have it once in a while? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Okay, but here's number three. Okay, here we go. Is continual adaptation. That's where freedom is. When we have this foundation that goes really far, whether we're, you know, whether we're eating out with our family, whether we're eating inside, whether we're making something for ourselves, whether we're at a family barbecue, the picnic, company, you know, uh, dinner, whatever it is, whatever it is. Okay. When we, when we address that throughout phase two and we expand that foundation out, number three is understanding that when our bodies change over time, that all we have to do is simply make minor adjustments and continually adapt over time. Okay. That is the freedom that we all deserve. Okay, because if someone's like, hey, XYZ died forever, and you're like, yeah, but what about when you know when I get a little older, right? Perfect example. Okay. My parents, my parents and I, we obviously grew up in the same house. Very blue-collar family growing up. Okay. We basically just had to eat whatever my mom made. Okay, super simple. Okay. However, as we've all gotten older, I eat the way that I eat. My dad's type 2 diabetic, my mom helps him. Where they've found themselves thr- where we find ourselves thriving are in 
completely different places. I'm really kind of like more well-rounded where I can kind of eat with everybody. My dad, ironically, he's excelled eating almost like a bodybuilder. He's like, he's up, he's up there in age, dude. He is up there in age. He does a lot of resistance training and um, he's actually starting to slow down now because he's got carpal tunnel. But, um, and the funny thing about that, he's actually had spinal surgery um, where he lost like 90% of the use of his, uh, his arms and his, his hands and lost a lot of the muscle there. Um, he's actually had, it took him years to rehab back. He actually did it with uh, resistance training and eating um, a lot of protein. Um, and then my mom on the other side of the fence, she eats a lot of veggies and does a lot of walking. They're both healthier than they've probably ever been in a really long time. And ironically, they're in two totally different places. So what do I do to tell my mom like, Hey, good job. And then slap my dad or tell my dad, good job. And then slap my mom. Like, no, that's stupid. That'd be pointless. Right? However, if all we do is simply adapt and grow and embrace what our body's telling us instead of fighting it and or putting our putting ourselves under pressure that somebody who's probably never been in our position. I think that's the hard part. I think that's the really hard part about like a lot of the quote unquote diet experts out there is that they've never been in our position. I know they mean well, but it's this weird dichotomy that we kind of fall for. Right. And here's what I mean. It's kind of like, imagine, um, perfect example, dude, we're at work and this dude just starts shelling out financial advice and it sounds great. Sounds phenomenal. Sounds on the button and probably because where he got it was on the button, right? Whether it was like books or YouTube videos or whatever. And then someone turns around and asks him, man, man, so, you know, because he's talking about, you know, like, you know, diversifying money and, and you know, um, like everything from like, you know, here's what you want to do with your money and, and, you know, like assets and, um, you know, active asset allocation and all this other stuff. And we're like, oh, right on. And, you know, um, obviously we, this is coming in a, uh, this is in a, in, a, in a finance office, right? So like we're, we're dealing with mortgages and stuff and somebody turns around and I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, like, what about you? Dude lives with his parents. we're like like, wait what you know what i mean and then i forgot who asked them i maybe it was me i don't remember but somebody asked them they're like dude of all this stuff that you told us what are you doing let's see what you're doing and then all of a sudden the truth came out oh well yeah and you're like dude wait what you're like, you know, you just gave us some John F. Kennedy speech and you had us all sold and you've never done this for yourself. And it was like, man, we knew he meant well, you know what I'm saying? But how can anyone, it's kind of weird, right? It's like, even if you, even if he got the information from the person who've treated a million people or who've turned a million lives around or whatever, or all this other stuff. If they've never done it for themselves, how much water does that really hold? You're going to try to tell me to do something you've never done for yourself. Huh? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. And it's weird. And I'm not saying anything bad because dude, a lot of these folks mean extremely well, 
The hard part is, is we have this part in the brain that never really addresses that. And we wonder why there's this disconnection, whether it's in the actions that we take, whether it's following the advice or whatever. And I think the faster that we just call that out for what it is, then we can literally just start to, you know, do what we need to do. Now, here's the funny part about that, okay? And we're going to close with this. And I share with you this because I want you to do two things. Number one, any and all changes need to come from your your doctor, okay? Always do what your doctor tells you, okay? I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not giving dietary advice. I'm literally a type 2 diabetic recording this in my daughter's bedroom. Okay, I'm talking to myself in the hopes that I can help inspire you and help save as many lives and help save as many families with the intuition, with the information. Okay, this is for informational purposes only and entertainment purposes. Okay, feel free to laugh at my mistakes and laugh at where I've made a complete goofball of myself. Okay, I'm not that guru dude. So, when I talk about calling things out for what they are. What I mean is that it actually helped me take when I, when I kind of like embraced that innocence and became very vulnerable to the point where I use like second grade sensibility to like not let anyone BS me. It became, and it actually embraced where my insecurities were and that low self-esteem. It actually became one of the biggest catalysts that slingshotted my success moving forward. And here's what I mean, especially containing, you know, when it comes to what some people are telling us to do, what they've never done before. And when I talk about, you know, continual adaptation. So I was in the doctor's office or actually my provider at the time. I don't think she's a, she's a doctor. My, the initial provider I had at the time when um, I was first diagnosed, she's a specialist that works specifically with type 2 diabetics and cancer patients. So she knew her stuff, definitely knew her stuff. And we used to argue because I first started getting some, first started making some momentum with the way that I was eating. And when I first did it paleo, she was stoked, super supportive. And then the minute I said keto, when I went that route, she started to fight what I was doing. Cause she was, she, and not, it wasn't her fault. This was like a few years before keto took off. So we were all still kind of like brainwashed from the eighties and she, she mistook nutrition, nutritional ketosis for keto diabetic ketoacidosis. And she was like, don't do it. She was fighting. She did everything she could to fight me. But what's weird is, is that just before that happened, she told me that she had, I had the best blood, uh, blood panel that I've ever had. My blood sugars were normal. My bad cholesterol was down. Good cholesterol was up. And this was literally eating drive through burgers, Mexican food and take out Chinese food. So it was weird because I've always failed since I was a kid, token fat kid, pun of the fat jokes. And my low self-esteem was so down. My insecurities were so high. And I remember asking her, I use that same second grade common sense. And I was like, 
Okay. By this time I had seen people in documentaries, right? So, um, the first documentary I ever saw that started me on this journey was simply raw. It was where they took type one and type two diabetics and reversed their diabetic symptoms within 30 days doing a raw vegan diet. Um, even though it blew up in my face, it was, I, I could see that people, it worked for some people. By that time I had gotten into paleo where I saw people turning their lives around. I saw slow carb people turn their lives around and I saw keto where people were able to go drug free. I was also in, um, some, um, some Facebook groups where people were doing with like Mediterranean. So I knew, I knew it was possible and I knew it was possible with food. And I knew all these people were drug free. And I remember asking her, I'm like, Hey, since she was a specialist, have you ever, and she used to, and here's what actually precursed that she used to plead with me prior to that happening me going sideways she used to plead with me until one day she gave me the talk she was like you need to get a hold of this you need to stop messing around because she worked with my wife for like 12 13 maybe even close to 14 years before her and her husband ended up buying their dream home and they moved so she would be like you know you need to stop messing around you need to get a hold of this right and i didn't and she's like one day she's like you need to you know what if you don't want to listen to me you need to listen to your wife Ask your wife what it's like when these people don't take care of themselves. Ask her what it's like. I'll tell you right now, it's not pretty. It's not always fun. And she made me answer. She asked me all these questions that I couldn't get away from that shattered my ego. Questions like, you know, um, what's going to be like for your son when, you know, you graduate and you're deaf and you're blind or what's it going to be like when your when your daughter goes to graduate, everybody goes to stand and you clap and clap, but you can't because you're amputated in a wheelchair or what's going to be like when they get married and there's nothing but a picture of your face on a table because you're dead and you're no longer there for them. And like, what about your wife? Have you ever thought of your wife, Michelle? And like, dude, like she just, just crushed because she was so upset with me and good for her. I really wish that every, everybody who really cared about their patients would lean into them like that because she, she, she's probably a huge, huge reason why I'm still here today. Love that lady. In the same breath, I couldn't help but wonder. I'm like, look, man, like you're the specialist here. How many people, and she used to actually plead with me saying that, you know, everybody, all my patients, they go down the same path. And that was like a trigger for me. I was like, really? I was like, yeah. And she goes, yeah. You know, the medicines start here. Then they get stronger and stronger and stronger. Then next thing you know, one, you know, what starts out as like metformin turns into like a cholesterol medicine, turns into a high, high blood pressure medication, which I later found out was like, you know, like they call it the diabetic cocktail. And the next thing you know, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Next thing you know, you know, pills turns into shots, shots turn into more shots and pills. And the next thing you know, the, you know, it just goes, it goes down this thing and yeah, you know, down this ugly path that we've all seen things get way, way more expensive. Um, you're doing all these different things to, you're taking all these chemicals to tweak the numbers on a graph. However, the, everything that's standing under it or standing, everything that is standing on rather is crumbling, right? It leads to everything from, you know, like dialysis, uh, you know, obviously like, you know, kidney failure, amputations and all this other stuff anyway, regardless of what they're doing to tweak the numbers on the, on the, uh, on the printouts. And I remember asking her, I'm like, look, how many patients have you ever had that have gotten, have done so well that they've, they're a hundred percent off their meds. And she was like, none. 
Now, I am telling you right now to follow the advice of your doctor. And I'm not saying to do what I did. But what I am saying right now before I tell you what I did was to understand that level of common sense, that level of innocence, and that level of vulnerability. Because that's what allowed me then empowered my low self-esteem, my high insecurity having self and failing all these different diets and what really kind of freed me and catapulted me once and for all. So when I ask that, that question, have you had any patients completely turn their lives around and get off drugs? Because I've seen it numerous times by this time. She was like, no. As goofy as it sounds, I had to do everything the opposite. Going back, I probably wouldn't have done that. To be totally honest. I probably would have stayed doing keto. I probably would have stayed, you know, maybe I could have phased myself off the medication. At the time, I just took, you know, really drastic measures. Nobody really said it had to be extreme. However, that's just the mind where I was emotionally, I think. But when I embrace that level of, the, the key there is when I embrace that level of vulnerability, and that deep, scared part of me inside that had super low self-esteem, super high insecurity. And I embraced that part of me. And I was like, it's going to be okay. It put all those three phases. If I can go back it put all those three phases right in line. Because now not only did I knew how to get, now not only do you know how to get from one phase to another. That game, that mental part of the game. That nobody ever talks about the mental, the emotional, right? The physiological, like as our body actually goes to change the adaptations that we make. Now that you understand both sides of that coin, may you absolutely crush it. Dude, my heart is with you. And now that you understand those three phases and nobody could play you for a fool and nobody can ever take any of your wins from you. You can crush, dude. You could totally crush. My heart's with you. I believe in you. You got this. And I'll see you in the next one. Later.